Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. Genesis 24, if you have your Bibles, is where we're going to look as we journey through this series called This Is Next, and we believe that God is ordering the steps of the righteous. That's what the Bible says, and because he orders the steps, we believe that he's making us ready for what he wants next in our lives, in our homes, in our community, and uh, so good to have you here, and a a great uh, delight to to have you. If you're a guest, thanks for joining us. I, uh, of course, would love to recognize uh, all of our guests and say hi to you, but uh, I do want to say just a special welcome to a friend of mine, Mr. Board, as we met. Uh, uh, so good to have you. I don't mean to point you out, but just so good. To have, would you please welcome Mr. Board as he's here with us today and just joining us. I, I uh, made a friend in the community a couple uh, months ago. Jalen and I were visiting the hospital, and as we were visiting together, I met, uh, met, Ron, met him at a, uh, uh, just a place that he was working at a uh, funeral home, and we had connected, and then I saw him in the hospital. And um, uh, brother, the way you... you you were with your wife, and of course your wife in May went to be with Jesus, and uh, we of course celebrate that she is with Jesus, but uh, I watched, and, and Jalen was with me, she said, Dad, that man loves his wife, and uh, uh, so good to have you here, and I know you still do, but we're praying for you, and uh, grateful to, to have you with us today, and uh, counted privilege for you to join us in worship uh, here this morning. Uh, Genesis uh, 20, 24 is where we're going to be taking uh, taking a, a look in, uh, in this journey as we've been going on of, of uh, preparing and making ourselves ready for what is next. How many believe God's got something next in store for your life? Making ourselves ready for whatever it would be to prepare for what God is wanting to do next. And uh, in Genesis 24, we're going to read about Abraham. And here's Abraham, who is the father of, of many nations. God gives him that promise and says, you will be the father of many nations. And uh, as a result of that, uh, he, of course, has a, has a son, Isaac, who is the promised son, uh, because you cannot be the father of many nations if you don't have children. Not only that, Isaac is now of age, and it's time for Isaac to get married and to, uh, to have children, because you can't be the father of many nations if you don't have children who have children who have children who have children. And so this, this, this work that's taking place, this promise is about to happen. And, uh, of course, Abraham is like, son, it's time for you to get married. I'm ready for grandkids. And uh, some of you know that feeling. Some of you adult sons know a mom in your life that might be like it's time to uh, have grandkids to move along with this process and uh, mom you might consider Abraham's tactic and Abraham's tactic was this was to send his servant back to Abraham's homeland and go find a wife for him so if your son's not finding one just take it up and do it yourself and just go help see how that'll work for you but of course, Abraham is, uh, sends his servant to go find a wife for Isaac, and he goes back to Abraham's hometown, to where Abraham is from. And, and so the servant goes there, and along the way, the servant asks the Lord for favor, asks God to give him success on his mission, and just as God would, God gives him success. He asks God for certain things to occur, that he would meet someone that would fit these, these, uh, these needs, and all of that would take, take place. And sure enough, right at the neighborhood watering well, uh, of course, uh, the servant rolls up, and here coming to, to uh, gather water from the watering well is Rebecca. Rebecca says, uh, he asked, the servant asked Rebecca, can I have a drink? And just like he hoped, she said, yes, I'll give you a drink. 
And after you're done drinking, I'll also water your camels. That's what he prayed. He said, God, let's send a woman who would offer me, who would give me a drink and then also would take care of my camels. It happened just like he prayed. God gave him favor. Now the servant is on his way to meet Rebecca's parents and family and to ask her, her family for her hand in marriage to marry his master's son. Now, this is one of those things culturally, don't try this at home. This is not what we want to do. So, no, mom, don't get this idea that you'll just go to someone's house. Maybe here today you find a lady and say, hey, are you single? My son would like to, just don't try it. It might not work out the best. But sure enough, he asked for her hand in marriage to his master's son. And this is where we pick it up. I want to look today at the importance of making good decisions. And if you would stand with me today in Genesis 24, you can follow along on the screen or on the YouVersion Bible app. How many would say, I want to grow in making good decisions? How many have ever made a good decision? If you're standing next to your spouse, I hope you raised your hand. You've made a great decision. How many of you have ever made a poor decision? Don't raise your spouse's hand for them. Genesis 24, starting in verse 49, we, we pick this up, and this is, uh, this is what is taking place. The servant says, so tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, then I will know what to do next. I'll know whether to go to the left or to the right. I'll know what decision to make. I'll know what to do next. Tell me whether or not, yes or no. Then Laban and Bethuel, the father of Rebekah and the, the brother said, the Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard their answer, he bowed down to the ground and worshiped the Lord. When he brought out silver, or then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and clothing and presented them to Rebecca. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they ate their meal, and the servant and the men with him stayed there overnight. But early the next morning, notice he only stayed for a moment. Then early the next morning, some of us are staying in a place that it's time to get up the next day and it's time to move on. How many believe today this might be a day for us to to make a move, to move into what God has next? He says, early the next morning, Abraham's servant said, send me back to my master, but we want Rebecca to stay with us at least 10 days, her brother and her mother said. Then she can go. You know what's going on here now. I, I, we've got to make this decision. It's time to go. Now the, the brother and the mother say, let her stay at least 10 days. Then she can go. Verse 56. But the servant said, don't delay me. Look at your neighbor today. Tell him, don't delay me. I don't know if it's your neighbor or someone else around you. There's some people in your life that you've got to tell them, hey, don't delay me. There's some people that you're allowing to delay you and to hold you back and to keep you in in an area. Don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks about this matter. So they called Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man who you just met yesterday to a place you've never been to marry his rich servant's son? Because he obviously brought a lot of goods and stuff with him. Are you willing to step into this place that might be next for you? Are you willing to go with this man? They asked her, and she replied, yes, I will go. I want to talk today just from this title this morning that next is now. That some of us are just a decision away from stepping into the next thing that God has for us. 
that the next is now. Father, I pray that you would give us insight. I pray that we'd be challenged by your word. Lord, Lord, I pray that you give us a clear mind right now that God, as we, as we listen to the preaching of your word, let it not just be a familiar voice saying familiar things, but God, I pray that it would be the voice of, of your spirit that we would hear today. God, that you'd speak not to our ears, but God, even deeper to our spirit. God, that you'd speak your truth, bring your truth to light in us, and God, change us by your spirit, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just on your way being seated, just ask your neighbor, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You may be seated this morning. Next is now. Next is now. Do you know anyone in your life who is an indecisive person? You know, an indecisive person. I know an indecisive person. There's uh, an indecisive person that I know that... uh, uh, don't mind being around, but sometimes it's hard to have a conversation with because uh, this indecisive person tends to be uh, not wishy-washy, but just unsettled. Making a decision, then second-guessing, and just unsettled in conversations. The, the conversations seem unending and, and, and sometimes hard to reach resolution because they're just indecisive. And, and it's not that I can't have a conversation with the person because when the indecisive person lives in your house, it's hard not to talk to them. And living with them is, and not living with them is not an option because when you are the indecisive person, you really can't go too far away from yourself. I am the indecisive person. I, it's not that I have a hard time making decisions. It's that I often find myself feeling like I might regret the decision that I've made. When I was in fourth grade, Megan, after one of the classes in fourth grade, she handed me a note that was all folded fancy. And when I opened it up, it said, do you like me, yes or no? I circled or. I had no idea what to do in that moment. I'm the guy that when you go out for, for something to eat, that when the waitress says, what would you like to have? I would probably and most oftentimes reply, What's your favorite? What's the popular thing? What is it? It it might sound like a a, a wise thing to get input, and it can be, but I find myself being indecisive. Decisions are hard to make, yet decisions are so crucial to the place that you are today. You are where you are today because you made a decision. You made a decision today to wake up and come to church. You've made decisions before to stay in bed and just pass on by and let it go, but you made a decision today to come to church. You made a decision. The attitude that you had, you made a decision. You made a decision to either allow the circumstance that surrounds you to overwhelm you. Everything you experience today is because of the decisions that you're making and decisions are not always easy to make. It's not easy to make decisions. I wonder today, what decision do you need to make? If you're believing God for your next, your next that might be in your marriage, might be in your finances, might be in your your business, in whatever area that God wants to do next in your life, for us as a ministry, whatever it is that God wants to do next, there's decisions that we might need to make, and you've got to ask yourself, are you willing to make those decisions? We're asking that question here at Faith Assembly. We brought together our leadership team, some other folks to be a part of some conversations that we've been having over the last couple of months, starting in December and just continuing, all coming to the point of being ready at our annual, our annual family business meeting that we'll have the end of February that everyone's invited to, where we just want to share just some vision, some ideas. But we've, we've had some, a, a consultant come in and someone to talk with us because he's got an outside perspective. He's not been where we are. And he sat down with us even recently, and we're talking about ideas. He asked this question, 
He said, not according to what you have right now, but according to what you're believing God for. What do you want to do? What do you see your ministry doing? What would you accomplish if it were the possibility, if you had every resource, if you had everything available? We started naming some of the things we would love to do, things that we would have available. And we began to list and make these things. We would start a ministry in this area. We would have an outreach to these people. We would create an opportunity in this regard. And all of these lists of, of course, reaching those who, who, who need a, a help with drug and alcohol and those who, who need some input and, and resources. We've listed all of these things, what we would do. As we were making the list, I literally said to the team, I said, there are some of these things that we've connected to be somewhere down the road, but in reality, there's no reason why we can't start some of these things now. Have you ever found yourself that sometimes we can look so far down the road and believe for something great down the road that we forget to allow ourselves to make the decisions that need to happen now? Because some of the things we're waiting for aren't so far down the road. They're just decisions we need to make right now. You're a decision away from certain things being set in order, certain things being taken place. You're a decision away. You want your marriage to be, to be blessed and to be healthy and to be strong. You might be saying, well, there's things on the outside. There, your, your spouse or circumstances or situations that might need to change. But have you addressed some decisions that you need to make, decisions that you need to set in order to start moving in that direction? What decision do you need to make? If you want to see your finances be healthy, if you want to start ministry, stepping into some active involvement, whatever you believe that you're next is what decisions are you making today because there are some things that God wants to do now that we've allowed ourselves to not make decisions and because we've not made decisions we're putting off in the future something that God says I want to be closer than it is in your mind right now there are things that we'd want to do eventually but why can't we start some things now see not only indecisive people have a hard time making decisions it's not just the indecisive people it's also people who are indecisive they have a hard time making decisions because they might not want to make the wrong decision. But then there are other people who also have an issue making decisions because they delay, they dodge, or they dismiss. Here's the people that delay. The people who delay are the people who say, well, I don't need to make a decision now. I don't need to. I don't need to now. They delay. They push it off. There might be some decisions you've pushed down the road. You've pushed off. You've allowed to be down the road somewhere, down the road you'll eventually get to. Then there are other people who dodge decisions. These are the people who say, I don't want to. You know what it's like that some decisions you need to make and you say, I don't want to make those decisions? How many ever had such a decision like that? I don't want to make the decision about what, to, what needs to be done or changes that need to be made. And we sometimes try to dodge the decisions because I don't want to. But then there's the danger that sometimes we can get to a place and not only do we delay or do we dodge, but sometimes we dismiss. And this, these are the people who dismiss decisions because they've convinced themselves they don't have to. They've convinced themselves they don't have to change. They've convinced themselves they don't need to do anything about it. It's, they're they're scot-free. They don't have anything to do with it. It doesn't affect them that they don't have to make that decision. Sometimes this works because we connect to things like we know we need to make better health choices, but we justify it because we say, well, my dad made these decisions. My dad lived like this. I know so-and-so that does the same thing, and because they do that, we justify the place that we are, that we convince ourselves we don't have to. It's one thing to be indecisive. It's another thing to be on the other spectrum, to be dismissive, where we're not making the decisions that we need to make, that we're, we're passing the opportunity, that there's some decisions that need to be made today that if we start making the decisions, small decisions can open the door to the next big thing that God has for your life. Because I get overwhelmed by decisions that sometimes need to be made. I get overwhelmed by the decision of maybe of making better choices and doing things differently and, and, and things that might need to change and such a big difference that needs to happen. And you can get so overwhelmed by how much needs to change that you convince yourself, why bother? Why do it? It's too much. I can't do it. 
but maybe identifying something that we can make a small change and something that can set in order to make the difference that could be used and needed in our lives. This scripture that we just looked at in Genesis 24 is a decision that needs to be made. There's a decision. The decision is go and find a wife for Isaac. It's the servant's job to go find a wife. And then it's the decision of the parents. Will they allow or will they permit her to go? And then it's Rebecca's decision. Are you willing? There's a lot of people who are involved in making this decision. I wonder today what decision do you need to make? Maybe in your, your journal. We handed these out in the, the beginning of, the, of the, the month or the year just encouraging us to jot and to journey what this next might look like for us. And maybe for you, writing down what is the decision you need to make. What's an area that you're believing God to influence and to see breakthrough and to step in? If it's in relationship, if it's in, if it's in finances, if it's in your health, there's decisions that need to be made. And when we begin to apply those things and allow them to be today, it'll make an impact and make a difference. Here is the decision, of course, as we read in this text, Genesis 24. And I want to look at how these four individuals, these different ones, how they approach their decision. And I want to give us some some practical tools. So I want to give you some practical things today to help us make better decisions. Because your decisions affect where you are today and where you're going tomorrow. How we make decisions, how we allow things to rule and, and direct our lives. I want to look at some practical things. We can look at their approach of how to make decisions. And then I want to end with just this, this uh, addressing the strongholds that might get in our lives and might hold us back and keep us from moving into what God has next. Let me give you the practical things first from the scripture that we read. How many believe that you know someone who needs to make better decisions? I thought I'd get more people to raise their hands than that. How many of you believe you need to make better, we can make better decisions? Anybody believe that? Oh, so you all raise your hand for yourself rather than someone else. I tried it the other way. I thought you'd raise your hand for somebody else. Let me give you a couple of these things. If, if, we, if we don't address the decisions, if we keep pushing or kicking the can down the road and not making the decisions that need to be made, it becomes harder to make the decision the longer we pass it down the, down the road. Because if we don't get a handle of it, on it, We'll become 40-year-old men wondering how did we get here. And if we don't get a handle on it, it'll be 50-year-old men, 6-year-old. I don't know where you are today, and that's not the matter of where you are. The question is, are you willing and allowing God to do something now so that you can get to where you need to be? That no matter what your time is behind you, that you move into what it is that God would have for you. Let me give you these practical things. Number one, number one, if we're going to make better decisions, Moving the the next now, walking into now what God has for us. Number one, we need to identify the undeniable. If we're going to make good decisions, we need to identify the undeniable. Here's what the undeniable is. I've got to always start with the facts. When I start with the facts, it allows my stand to be more stable. When I start with the facts, when you start with the facts, it allows your steps to be more stable. If you start with things that are shaky, your opinion and your feelings, if we make decisions based on our opinions and feelings, how many have found out that opinions and feelings change? But when you deal with the facts, you've got to identify what is the undeniable. Here in this text that we read, Laban, who is the brother of Rebekah, and Bethuel, who is the father of Rebekah, they both say this statement, God has obviously brought your steps here. 
God has obviously ordered your steps. God has obviously done this. And because God has obviously done this, we cannot deny that God is ordering your steps. What are some undeniable things that you need, you need to identify in your circumstance? What are some undeniable things that you need to recognize? Because if our feelings and our emotions or our opinions try to make our decision, they will change and we'll only make the next step according to how we feel. But we've got to deal with our facts. Jaron has this sticker on his, on his, uh, on his computer. It says, facts Uh, facts don't care about your feelings. That doesn't sound nice, but it's true. If you let your feelings lead first, you'll try to create reality out of how you feel. But the problem with reality of how you feel is it always changes. And your reality is always varying and always moving from circumstance to situation, which is why you know how to act one way in front of some people and how to act another way in front of others. We know how to put the face on at work and give everybody our pleasantry, but then let it down and let our guard down and give everybody our second best at home. The people who ought to get our best, we give them our leftovers. And the people who we ought to just get along with, we give them our best. Why? Because we've convinced ourselves of our own realities, of our own world, our own opinions, and we've allowed those truths to direct us but the facts need to be what we operate off of first, that your first step, when you operate in facts, it'll cause your steps to be more stable. Let me give you number two. Number two, if we're going to make better decisions, we have to identify the undefined. If we're going to make better decisions, we've got to identify the undefined. What what are the facts related to the decision that you need to make? What's the undeniable? Let, Let me just go back on that a little bit. You, you might look at that, and, and maybe for you it's saying, how do I handle this hurt that I've felt from someone, from someone who has hurt me? And the fact of that, identifying the undeniable, it might be that it hurt. It might be that it's been a setback, a disappointment. But there's also a fact that you can't deny, and that is God is your healer. And if you don't allow God to be your healer, that hurt will only get deeper, will only hold you down. And sooner or later, what started to be just a burden will soon become a stronghold and keep you pinned and keep you unable to respond and to be healthy and to move on in life. And then you'll get 40, 50, 60 years old and wonder why you've not moved beyond that point. Because you've allowed that to become a stronghold because of how we handle it and identifying the facts. Number two is identifying as well what is the undefined. Here's the undefined would be in us that it's one thing to have a goal, but if we never put a date to the goal, the goal just becomes a good idea. Here's the undefined. The undefined for us too often that keeps us from walking into the next that we have is because we leave it at someday, maybe, around about, in about, we don't know, it could be. Someday down the road, and we keep letting it be sometime. Notice what, what Laban and his mother say whenever the servant said, hey, the next morning it's time for me to go. Let's, let me take Rebecca. Let's go back. Let's finish this journey that I've been on. And the mother and the brother say, ah, wait a minute. Why don't you let Rebecca stay at least 10 days? Notice that their request to stay at least 10 days left it open for them to say, maybe another day? How about 11? How about 12? How about 13? How many things in your life that you've said you've got to get a hold of, but you've always kicked it down the road to another day, and you've not put a plan, and you've not put something in place, and you've not said today is the day that I'm going to? How many know it's always Monday? Someday Monday, I'll get to it. I didn't tell you which Monday, but on a Monday, I'm going to get to it. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow Monday or the Monday after Monday, Monday, but the Monday, Monday, some Monday, I'm going to get to it. What are some things that we've allowed to be the undefined in our lives? We've, we've not set the goals. We've not set the, the parameters. We've not put the things in order. We've not told our steps where to go to put things in place. What are the undefined that might need to be recognized in our lives? If it's not defined, 
it'll never become a realistic goal. It'll just be something that's left out there that maybe someday. Let me give you number three. Number three is this. We need to identify the undone. What is undone, yet to be done in our lives? Here's the undone. If we're only accomplishing 80% of what we've set out to do, 80% is high, but 80% might pass on your grades, but it doesn't pass for accomplishing the task. Finish what you've started. Here is the servant, and he said, don't delay me. Don't delay me. I need to go back and finish. I need to finish this work that I've started. What is the big picture? What, what is it that we, that we allow ourselves? Here's the danger, that when we reach a point, we sometimes settle for good enough. Well, this is enough. This is good enough. Is your marriage good enough? Is your, is your, your job and what we do, is it good enough? Is it we just settle with good enough, just enough to get by? But we realize sometimes the decisions we need to make are sometimes hard decisions. Have you ever found out that in order to be successful, it's going to take some tough decision and take some hard decisions and you've got to do some things that might be difficult we all know that but we always pick and choose which one is worth our effort I'll hear a man who would say my marriage shouldn't take work it should just happen naturally but yet he'll work his tail off to get his job done and to give all of his energy and effort he's saying that he believes it shouldn't take a lot of work in his marriage but yet he contradicts himself because he gives a whole lot of energy and a whole lot of work in another area Why would we recognize it takes work in one area, but it ought to take no work in another area? It really takes work in every area and everything that's going to be successful. We have to determine which area we're going to complete and finish the task to make sure we accomplish the work that's in front of us. That we accomplish this task to accomplish what it is that God is calling us to do. He's put this task. Don't stop in the middle of the, of, the, of the road. Don't stop halfway. Don't accomplish just in a, in a plausible reach of just accomplishing just something without completing the work that God has in our lives. Do you know the work that God has called you to? I've got to accomplish this task. Some of us, our task is learning how to control our talk because we can get so negative and point out things that we can make comments that stab. And you know it. Because you'll even say things like, well, I didn't intend that. Now you made it worse because you just lied. What you really meant was I didn't intend for you to catch it. I intended to say it that way, but I didn't intend for you to catch it that way. Because we just make those jabs and we say those things. Your task might be learning how to hold your tongue and how to just ride the pine and allow things to work out and allow healing to take place. And your goal might be to go a whole day stopping to think before you talk. How many of you know that's a big decision to make? How many have found out getting control of your tongue is not an easy thing to do? Now, we're not talking about your tongue, but we're talking about choices. And for some of us, that might be an area that we've got to set the goal. And the goal is this. I know the remarks I make and the things that I say, and I know the impact it has. So I want to get control over this, and I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to set this goal. I'm going to finish this task. I'm going to go. And you know what? You might set a goal and finish the task, and there's no one there to cheer you on. You might even do the thing that you want to make accomplishment on and the person that you want to make the accomplishment with, they don't even recognize the progress you're making. And then you've got to ask yourself and make this big decision, am I doing this for man or am I doing this unto God?
Am I doing this to man or am I doing this unto God? The big decision that we're always going to have to make, and I have to make it now. Let me give you the last one. The last one is this, that I've got to identify the undetermined. Here's what the, the undetermined, uh, of course, is, is, to, is to not commit. It's, it's not to give it everything. It's, it's undetermined. I, I might. It's yet to be decided. But I'm making the decision now, the undetermined. Let me, let me ask you today. Here's Rebecca. Rebecca's given the question, and they said, let's ask Rebecca. Now, I want you to follow this, this question that they're asking Rebecca. They're not asking Rebecca because they really, at the point, really care about what Rebecca has to say because this is not the culture that gave a lot of options and choices to women. I'm glad that's changed. God has changed those things. This was not the right thing. But in that culture, if your father decided that you ought to be married to that man's son, and it didn't matter what you said, you were going to go and be married. And they realized this. But whenever they said, let's keep Rebecca around for at least 10 days, maybe 10 days, whatever. And, of course, the servant says, no, don't delay me. And then they reply. They said, well, let's ask Rebecca. The only reason they wanted to give Rebecca input is because they wanted Rebecca to side with them. And I know we made a decision, but now it's in Rebecca's hand. Let's ask Rebecca. Let's see what Rebecca thinks. Do you realize that everything now has come to this point? Let's ask her. Now, it's all up to her. It doesn't matter, Rebecca, what your past has been doesn't matter the circumstance that surrounds you. Right now, the choice is yours. I want to say to you today, God is saying, hey, let's ask you. I'm asking you. I'm asking you, are you willing to walk with me into what I have? Are you willing to come into a marriage relationship with me, to walk with me into what I have next for you? Because I know we've heard what your dad said about you. I know what's happened in your past. I know what's going on in your, in your situation, your circumstance. I know you've not had the best of things for you. I know you've had setbacks. I know you've had difficulties. You may not have had people who believed in you, who spoke into you, but I'm not asking you according to your past. I'm not asking you according to your circumstance, according to people. I'm asking you, what do you think? What do you think? Are you willing to walk with me into what I have for you? Are you willing to walk with me? This is Rebecca's question that she's now given. She could have sat there and said, well, it's up to mom and dad, whatever mom and dad says. And some of us have allowed our circumstances to make the decisions for us. Some of us have said, God, I want to trust you to believe that you can do this, but we've allowed our circumstances to speak into our life. And God is saying to you today, let's see what you think. What do you think? What do you believe? What is it that you believe that I can do in your life? Are you willing? And here's Rebecca. They ask her, let's ask Rebecca what she thinks. And now Rebecca has to make a decision. And Rebecca says, yeah, I will go. I wonder today if you're willing to make a decision right now of some things that God is calling you to step into. You say, Yes, I will. God, I will learn how to control my anger because there's decisions I need to make because the next that you have for me is affected by the decisions I'm making today. Yes, God, I will learn to give you, or not learn, but I will trust you with tithing 10%. I'll give you 10% because it already belongs to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to make a decision now because I want you to bless my finances. I want you to bless. So I'm going to do now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in to now. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to make the decision now. Can I ask you today, will you? Will you trust God to be your source of healing and your source of strength? How long are you going to wait before you do what God says? 
Are you just going to carry your, 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 your unforgiveness and your bitterness and just keep talking to so-and-so about it? When God said, forget so-and-so, I want you to go to the one who offended you and to lay that down. When are you going to deal with that? When are you going to do that? Are you just going to pass it off and just hope it all work itself out in the end? Try letting that happen. Then you get 40, 50, 60 and wonder why it just keeps going in the same pattern, in the same way, in the same thing because we didn't make the decision now. Now. I've got decisions I've got to make now. I want to speak to every young person. To every person. And when I say young person, 30 or under. Man, I wish I was young. No, I don't. But I take that back. I remember when 30 was old. I remember when my dad turned 30 and I thought, my dad is old. (laughs) Dad turned 30 when I was 10 years old and now here I am, 40. How does this happen? Where does this go? If you're under the age of 30, let me tell you this. There are decisions you're kicking down the road and you're waiting one day to make these decisions. You're waiting one day to get your, your spiritual life in check. You're waiting one day to get your sexual life in check. You're waiting one day to get your habits under control. You're waiting one day. I want to tell you, you keep waiting one day. The problem with waiting one day is the longer you wait, the more weight it is to change. The longer you wait, the more weighty it is to change. The longer you wait, the weightier it is to change. It becomes harder to make decisions the longer they become settled. You can't change the cement when you let it sit long enough. But if you start moving the cement now, you can start changing some things. But the more you let it settle, the more you let it set in. I'm not telling you it's hopeless. What I'm telling you is it's harder to change. But here's the good news. There is one who can change whatever your circumstance might be. I don't know what your next is. Because whatever your next is, is likely something of a hang-up that you need to learn and ask God to give you grace to step over. I don't know if your hang-up is habits. I don't know if your hang-up is thought life. I don't know if your hang-up, whatever your hang-up might be, your decision, what is your difficult decision that you need to make? What is it that you need to make? I want to ask you today, what decision have you allowed to be delayed, dodged, or even dismissed? Because the longer you wait, the more weightier it'll be. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, lay aside the sin or the weight that so easily entangles or slows us down and run with perseverance the race that God has set before you. Here's what he's saying. We've got to learn to lay down what slows us down before it holds us down. Lay down what slows you down before it holds you down. You see, your decision that's hard to make is because we've allowed ourselves to get entangled. There were these toys at my mom's house and uh, they're called bunchums. Anybody hear of bunchums? They're from the devil. They're these little, they look like foam things that, that you, they're, they're real little, but you can piece them together and they stick together. They're sticky. Now, they're not sticky with adhesive, but they just stick to each other. And you can make things with them and they'll pull apart. It's pretty easy. Except when you throw them at your cousin and they get stuck in their hair. It's fun to do that, except when now it's time to take it out of the hair. In fact, if you look at, just Google Bunchums, and it will say, there'll be a review that says, a toy created by the devil from hell. It is not, because there have been people who have showed pictures of before and after that it's gotten caught in kids' hair, and they've had to cut the hair off because it gets so entangled. These little things, what you don't know is that they have these little 
hooks on the end, and these little hooks is what causes them to attach and stick to each other. It's cool when they stick to each other, but when they get in your hair, it literally, one person said it took up to five hours to take out a piece of these bunchins from their hair, that it took all the time. If you think you can just go on as normal, it looks like no big deal until one hits you and gets all tangled up in your hair, and then it's hard. It's hard to move. It's hard to, hard to position, hard to change. It's hard to take it out because it's so intertwined and entangled. You know what that entanglement does? It slows down. Here's why we get entangled in making decisions. Because we try to mesh our will with God's will. And what you want and what God wants need to be the same thing. Because if you're trying to make the two worlds collide, you'll always get tangled up and tripped and slowed down until some point God says, if that's what you want, then I'll leave. I'll not contend with you any longer. I won't push your buttons. I won't contend with you. I'll move out of the way and I'll let the strong man come in. I'll move out of the way and you can have your way. And when you have your way, how many know that when you get your way, now you've got a stronghold. Now you've got something that's heavy in your life and you're now held back by something that has little by little just came along. Little by little. And there were points you knew along the way you could have made decisions. You knew if you get a hold of this, if you get a handle of this, you knew there were moments I shouldn't talk like this. You knew there were moments I shouldn't go to this thing. I shouldn't look at this thing. But you've ignored the right now decisions and you kept going. You kept going until it became a stronghold. And now you say no longer I shouldn't be looking at this, but now you say I can't help but look at this. You no longer say I shouldn't treat my wife this way, but now it's I can't help but doing it this way. Now you become so overtaken by a stronghold and the strong man of your flesh, the enemy, has taken over your life and now you're 40, 50, 60, 70, wondering what happened? Where'd this come from? Because you didn't make the decisions right now. This is hard because decision making isn't easy. I'd rather delay it down the road. I'd rather be the 20 year old again saying, man, you know what? There's some pride issues in my life, but I'll deal with them later. I'd rather be the 20 year old again who's saying, you know, there's some decisions. If you could go back, listen, we can't go back. You can't go back. That's not what we're able to do. But what you can do is go forward. You can't go back, but you can go forward. You can step over some things today because you might have a stronghold in your life. I don't care how old you are. I'm telling you today is a moment that you need to make the decision. What is it that you need to identify? What decision do you need to make? What decision are you delaying, dodging, or even dismissing? I'll get my finances in order when. I'll start spending responsibly. I'll put the credit cards away when. Only problem is you're going to get your raise that you've been looking for and you've not learned how to control your credit card. And then that raise that you got doesn't become a raise in your bank account. It becomes just more money that you spend and more on the credit card. Everything just keeps rising. It all just keeps moving around. Why? Because we have to make the decisions now. So you might be $10,000 in debt. Why don't you make decisions now? Why push off those things? I'm not telling you it's going to change overnight, but I'm telling you that if you make a decision now, you start moving in those things, you'll watch the stronghold break free. Because I don't know what your stronghold is. You've got to be real. There's decisions, and you'll know what your stronghold is because the decision you don't want to make is a stronghold. The thing you don't want to change is a stronghold. The thing you don't want to make different is a stronghold. The thing you don't want to address is a stronghold. It's a stronghold. Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, he said that if a home, if, if a person is found in a home and the thief comes in, the thief ties up the person in that home 
and overpowers them and takes everything from them. And Jesus said, the only way to get rid of the strong man is if someone stronger than him comes in. Jesus is telling the story because Jesus cast out demons and, and there are Pharisees who said, well, the only way he's casting out demons is because he did it by the devil. Jesus said, you're pretty crazy in the head. He didn't say it that way, but it really what he would have said. You're not thinking straight. Jesus said, wait a minute. How in the world can the devil cast out the devil? That's why Jesus said that a house divided against itself cannot stand. It doesn't work that way. Jesus says it doesn't work. There's no way that the devil can tie up the devil because they're on the same plane. The only way you can cast out the devil is because someone greater than the devil comes into the house. There's someone stronger who comes into the house. I want you to know today, you may have been bound up. There were things that you didn't push aside and the devil has now held you down. You might be in a stronghold, but I want you to know there's a stronger one who came and he rolled away the stone and he's calling your name to step out of your stronghold and to walk in the victory that he has for you to lay aside what slows you down lay down what slows you down so it won't hold you down Jesus said to Lazarus and I'm going to end with this I don't know who needs a breakthrough today I don't know who needs victory today I don't know who needs to lay down some strongholds some thoughts, some habits, some things that you've allowed some stuff that's come into your life and you've accepted, you've kicked some decisions down the road but you say to God today, no, the next is now I'm making this decision today I'm not moving forward in this same regard I'm making a new change I don't know what your stronghold is Jesus took a group of people out to the hillside because his friend Lazarus had died Jesus said, take me to where he is. Of course, Mary and Martha, they doubted. They said, Lord, if you would have been here, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. Do you believe? She said, yeah, I believe that the second coming, I believe that he'll rise again. Jesus said, I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about right now. Do you believe not only that I can do that in the future, but I'm the God of right now, that I can change your circumstance right now. Do you believe? And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, roll away the stone. They take him to the side of the grave. This is Lazarus. He said, roll away the stone. How many know that Jesus rolled away the stone, but he didn't drag Lazarus out? Let me say that again. He rolled away the stone, but he didn't drag Lazarus out. What did he do? He rolled away the stone, and then he said, hey, Lazarus, come forth. Man, I feel an anointing on this word this morning for somebody. He's telling you today, you're staying in your grave with grave clothes. And he said, hey, I already rolled the stone away. I called your name. What are you doing hanging out in the strongholds? What are you doing hanging out in the place of holdings? What are you doing hanging out in the place of death? I already rolled away the stone and I called your name. It's time to come out of the grave. It's time to lay the strongholds down. It's time to say, God, I'm putting that behind me. I'm walking in the victory that you have for me. He rolled away the stone. He's already done his It's now our turn to make the decision. He says, I've called your name, and now it's up to us to say, will I or will I? Yes or no? What's my next move? What am I going to do next? It all depends on whether or not I'm going to say, God, I want my next to be now. I'm not going to wait for you to take my chains away. I know you've already broken my chains. I'm making a step into my freedom, and I'm walking. I've said this before. This is a noteworthy thing that the Lord gave a word for this church. Your freedom is not when the chains break. Your freedom is when you start walking beyond the point of the chains that held you back. When you start walking beyond the place of the chains that held you. Your freedom is not when your chains break. It's when you walk beyond the point of your chains. Because I got news for you. He already broke the chains. He already overcame it. He already brought victory. Alright, I said I was going to close with Lazarus, but I feel like I just want to come to the altar and say, God, do it in my life.
And I don't know if there's anyone else that's here this morning that says, God, I just want to walk in newness. I want to leave the, the doubt, the hurt, the past, the things that have passed. I'm coming out. My next is now. I'm not waiting for something to happen. I know you've already done it. I'm walking in it now. 1 John 4, 4. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says these words. He says, but you belong to God, my dear children. Did you hear that? But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. You already have victory. Your next is now. You already have victory through Jesus Christ. So I wonder today if anybody hears his name. I wonder if there's someone today and you might be 20 or under. I'm telling you what, this is time now to learn how to make the decisions. I'm not a perfect in any way or in anything, but I will say this. I thank God that I had a family and I had people in my life who spoke into my life and I may have fallen along the trail but I never got off the trail I've been serving Jesus since I was seven years old and I would not do anything different because the more I know Jesus the more I realize he's the only way he's the only truth he's the only life you say well Jason you don't know what it's like to live in the world real world I say you don't know what it's like to live in the real peace in the real hope in the real joy if you think that's the real world you're messed up you're fooling yourself there's something far greater the real world isn't where I have to feel pain the real world is where where I get to know healing, where I get to know hope, where I get to know joy, where I get to know the peace and the presence of God. This becomes real in my life. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what it is. Hey, Rebecca, what do you think? What do you think? It's up to you. You decide. Your next is now. I wonder if you hear his voice today, if it's time to say, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of the grave. Come on, I wonder if that's anyone today. You say, I'm leaving the past behind, and I'm coming to this altar, and I'm saying, God, today, I'm leaving my chains, I'm leaving my grave clothes, I'm leaving the stronghold behind, and I'm walking into my next that is now in Jesus' name.